We are here because we are dedicated to helping the entire CrossFit community. Determined to elevate coaches, box owners, athletes, and everything in between, we believe that this mission will begin right here, right now. While this time and this goal begins with you, our hope is that you take this fire ignited within you and weave it into your own life with the same unrelenting passion to give those you have the privilege of coming in contact with the best hour of their day. Welcome back. Best hour of their day, Fern Ackerman. We've got a little bit of a series going on for the first time, Fern. Yeah, it's 357 episodes of a series. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, yeah, we decided to get organized. We decided uh, to organize ourselves. But Listen, it doesn't, hey, just, you know, what Seth Godin say, just ship it. Sometimes you just got to just do and you'll figure it out once you kind of got a rhythm going on. You know, that's something we preach at Affiliate University. I like the mantra of done is better than perfect. Too many people out there. Does that mean you're not going to give me shit about my spelling errors? I think you should spell it properly. I, I think your grammar is uh, needs needs improvement. But I'll give you another lesson after I. No, I have. About- I have no, no. There's a difference between uh, spelling errors and grammar. Like my grammar is fine. I think you grammar is grammar is 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 what when we're speaking, like saying me and you versus you and I. Speaking, you're fine. I think when you type, oftentimes you either overuse or more often than not underuse punctuation. Oh, it's a waste of time. <laughs> exactly. But, you know, one thing I think box owners are guilty of is this idea that it's like, no, no, one more edit, one more edit, one more edit. And then it's like, I've written books and I know the feeling of like, let me just read through it one more time. It's like, no one How many cares. books have you written? Uh, three. I just want to give you that. I just want to let you have that first. Thank you. Three books yeah, all welcome. available on Amazon. <clears throat> also on our site, besthouroftheirday.com. So, None of them are good. <laughs> they're they're not meant to be children's books but they're actually better then why are there so many pictures in those books (laughs) so but you know at some point you just have to like you said ship it or put it out there because you know what do they say also another one is perfection is the opposite of good or something like that don't let don't let great be the enemy of good yeah and you know get it get it done and get it out there and my second piece of advice is Sometimes you just have to accept people for who they are. There's a lot of things you do that drive me crazy. And I'm sure there's a lot of things I do that drive you crazy. And I think part of what makes us such a great partnership is a, we are different. Too many people try to get into a partnership with themselves mirror. And it's like, Hey, all the mistakes you make your partner makes and B, some of the, you know, Fern's flaws probably aren't flaws to a lot of people and they like them and, and, and vice versa. So, you know, well, it's not to say that they're. It's not to say that they're not flaws, but the point is, who cares, right? That's and where so, I'm at, right? I'm like with with regard to the to just putting stuff out there. It, it's just like the snatch, right? So let's use something that everybody. Would you? How good would you be if if you only, like, if you just never snatch? You're like, I'm only going to snatch unless it's perfect. Be like, well, then you're never going to snatch. You literally never snatch. Like, it's never going to happen, right? So the point is that you need reps. Like, you need the opportunity to mess up and then make corrections. You know, it's it's kind of like we talk about in the technique and intensity lecture, which is kind of the purpose of today's show, which is talking about intensity. But you know, the when we talk about, you know. Errors are not necessarily good, but they are an in, 
uh, uh, inevitable part of the process of being better. And if you rob yourself of reps because you're worried about being perfect, well, then all you're doing is slowing yourself down to get to the desired end state. So, uh, you know, just, I would just want to let gym owners know, be like, it's okay to make mistakes. Like, just be okay with it. Move on. People are going to criticize you. Just be like, yeah, I don't care. Like I'm just one step closer to the solution. So you can criticize me all you want, but I'm getting closer to the solution and I'll be there. And then everybody's going to be like, oh, look, you did it. And I'm like, yeah, I did it. And well, the whole time I got here, everybody's giving me shit about my, you know, grammar, you know? Well, and I look at, you know, your texts or your emails and it's like safety, efficacy, and efficiency. Safety would be, is it perfect? No. Is it effective and efficient? Yes. And it, yeah. And you have to balance those three. If you go to a gym that's 100% safe, they're 0% efficient or effective. Now, and to be self-critical, half the time, most of, my, most of my errors are because I'm trying to do things quickly because we do this, we do the affiliate you, I've got my affiliate, I still work in there. So half the time I'm trying to do things very quickly in between other things. And let's be clear, good, you have two good kids. Pattern. Yeah, I've got two little monsters at home. I got a wife who occasionally wants to spend time with me. You know, so the, you know, good, bad, or indifferent, that's just the way it is. And I'd rather get things done, have the communication that was, the point is when, when you see it, you're, you're not like, what is he talking? I mean, occasionally you'd be like, I don't know what the fuck you just said, but. No, or like when I need accurate information to go to the bank and you send me the wrong stuff and I'm like, okay, this is where that shit in is. All fairness, in all fairness, you have my, you have my cell phone number. So yeah. So that anyway, was the only thing, that was the only thing that was wrong. When we, when we, Talk to that. We had a series. Our most recent episode was programming. Does it matter? Of course, as always, we get feedback from people that don't quite understand our message. That's okay. Programming does matter, but it's not the most important thing. When we talk about importance of programming, we, we alluded to it in the last episode, but it's really this intensity piece. I think intensity is what originally made CrossFit pop or stand out. Like it showed your average Joe that would go to the gym. Hey, it's okay to work hard. And not only is it okay, you need to. Right. And so I, I think one of the big misconceptions or big misunderstandings today in general, if I was going to make a broad assumption, this is not everybody. So calm down. Most people I don't think have a good grasp of intensity. And I say that because of the amount of people that are doing uh, strength plus Metcon. And for the 1000th time, I do not have a problem with that. However, I do in many instances, you're robbing people of intensity, which we know is the thing that actually helps us get results. So if you go back in the Wayback machine and we go back to our level one, intensity is the independent variable most commonly associated with maximizing the rate of return on favorable adaptation. That means we get results. Okay. So when I'm doing two things in one hour, it's just like, it's no different than coaching. If I'm going to put all this stuff in the hour, it's not that it's good, bad, or whatever. It's just that I'm, something's got to give. Something's got to come out, right? So when we do the lesson planning in the level one and the level two, when somebody brings up the question about, okay, why well, I see what you're saying and I understand this, but what if I'm doing a strength? To which my question is always like, that's fine. I know you don't have the ability to make that decision, but you tell me what's got to come out of the hour, right? Same thing on the athlete side of the house. You've got two things. You got your warm up. you got your skill session. You cannot apply intensity to all three of those in one hour. There's just not enough time. So well, which one is it going to be? Well, let's take a step back because you throw out a big knowledge bomb 
that most people listening were like, okay, that was important, but I don't know what it is. Intensity is the independent variable most commonly associated with the rate of return of favorable adaptation. Maximizing rate of return of favorable adaptation. Right. My bad, Mr. I'm perfectly, you know, reading why, it from the manual. Are you reading it? Do you have to read it to get that right and you still didn't get it right? <laughs> All right. So go ahead and repeat it slowly. So what we're saying is, and, and again, this is where, and this is where CrossFit gets kind of gets a bad rap is the intensity piece. Cause everybody says, you know, CrossFit only cares about going fast. Not true at all. Right. But the reason intensity is important. And again, these are coach Glassman's words. Intensity is the independent variable most commonly associated with maximizing the rate of return on favorable adaptation. Okay. And in layman's terms, intensity is what gets us results. So regardless of what it is that you are chasing within your fitness regimen, you want to be faster, you got to run faster. Okay. So that's max, that's maximizing intensity. If you want to be stronger, you got to lift more weight. Okay. That's maximizing intensity. If you want to get better endurance, muscular endurance, you got to go higher reps. Okay. That's maximizing intensity. That's what we're saying. Now, in order to do that within the given time span of the average CrossFit affiliate class, which is 60 minute window, it, we all know what intensity when executed properly feels like, like what I just did 20 minutes on the assault bike. And then I was wrecked for 20 minutes afterwards to, to the point where people were just walking by, just asking me if I was okay. I wasn't doing anything after that. Like that was a, that was an appropriate dose of intensity. I'm good. And, and, and let's take a step back. So that sentence, you know, it's, it's still a bit overwhelming. If you go back, you know, to like statistics in college or whatever, independent variables, what you can manipulate, right? So it's not, volume is the independent variable or strength or cardio it's intensity is the right. that is what we can adjust in order to maximize the rate of return of favorable adaptation rate of return speed in which we get it favorable adaptation what Whatever you're you looking want. for right exactly right. i mean and to really to simplify that is intensity is how we get results those the, the favorable that for most people the favorable adaptation is I want to look better naked. I want to have a six pack. That's most people. Yeah. Body but. composition or a faster, stronger, right? And again, if you're looking for like, what are the variables in a given workout, load reps time. Those are like the three really quick big hitters. When I look at a workout, those are the three things that I get. What's the load? What's the rep scheme? And then either I have a time that's already predetermined. If it is a time priority, excuse me, a task, sorry, time priority workout, or you get a time if it's a task priority workout. So the point is like, that's, that's, that is my, those are the variables, you know, so four times distance over time that it gives me average power equal to intensity. That is what we need to be playing around with. And what I'm trying to do is dial that up so that I can get the appropriate stimulus of intensity. Now to kind of play devil's advocate, that doesn't mean hundred percent. We've talked about this before, right? But what I would argue is that when we go back to that high intensity, and what I what we really want people to start kind of wrapping their brain around is there's got a, I've got a high, I've got a medium, I've got a low, average thirty three percent, right? Well, that thirty three percent allows me to play around with different modalities because we understand that a high intensity workout on the track is different than a high intensity workout for gymnastics, which is ten, different than a high intensity workout for weightlifting. You know, so a five by five high intensity right? Which is not the same as running 400 meter repeats feels very different. Okay. 
But if I try to do a 400 meter repeat workout with a five by five back squat workout and pair those things together, not to say there's not a, a really nice stimulus there, but both of those things will suffer, right? I will not actually get the desired high intensity that I'm looking for. You know, and I think what we need to remember is we talked about this recently, like do all of your members need or want it? Potentially not, but a, what intensity is it is max effort day in and day out. And we've discussed it before. It's relative. Do your members need or want it? Not everybody, but you can still get them to work harder mm -hmm. than they normally would. And I think that was, I was having a conversation yesterday. Uh, we've got an intern at the box now. And he was asking me like how I kind of go around and know what people want. And I was like, I know there are people here that are just happy to be here. And I don't push them like I do the other people. But then being here is immediately better than the alternative for most people, which is they're not not going to a CrossFit and going to a global gym. They're skipping CrossFit and going home. Well, it, so, and again, having this conversation with context and understanding going back to, because intensity is this real abstract bear of an idea. And I, and, I, and I think it's totally fair that people don't understand it, which is why we're having the conversation. It's not, while it is, a math equation. So while it is objective, it's also relative, right? So it's not meaning that I have to take into account both physical and psychological tolerances. So while somebody might not be mathematically giving super high intense workouts, psychologically, it could be devastating. Like that assault bike out there. I don't think anybody would walk in and be like, that guy's killing it. But inside I'm dying. Right. So that we have to take that into account, like what they're dealing with on that day for that athlete, for whatever that workout is, we could check the high intensity box. Okay. But I need to pair that with like, are we even close to what this stimulus should actually be the way it's designed? Right. So again, I could do a, you know, arbitrary, like I could do a 12 minute Fran that would be devastating. Okay. But Fran's not a 12 minute workout. Right. So it'd be better for me to dial up something that's in the, I don't know, seven to three minute range that's going to be more appropriate for that workout. So, so I just, you know. Let, let, let's talk a little bit about it, though. This is all good and great, but how do we get our members to understand intensity? Chances are, if you're coaching, if you're listening to this, you remember the level one, you remember everything Fern said, remember force, distance, time. There's a point in time where going lighter actually yields higher intensity. There's a point in time where, you know, obviously getting faster, the denominator there equals higher intensity. But what has been your best experience in actually teaching your members what intensity is? I think really trying to, and going back to like, I think one of the first episodes we ever did, going back to really mastering the whiteboard brief. I mean, the ability to effectively communicate what is what should happen within a three minute window so that everybody understands what it is that is going to unfold here. That, that is one of the things you could do that to eliminate most of the, the most of the questions that we get that start with, I've got an athlete that fill in the blank, whatever it might be afterwards and communicating what that is. And I got some feedback from Flowmaster from a recent um, uh, seminar that I did when I was <clears throat> at a level two, it was legit. It was just like, hey, you you kind of emphasize like not talking about weights 
when giving the whiteboard brief, you know, and it's like, yeah, that's probably not totally accurate. Like we have those weights here because that is a benchmark. Like that is how we calculate, you know, measurable, observable, repeatable outcomes. So you can't just do away with it. However, and as we kind of parsed it out and we talked about like what would be a better way to talk about that is, yes, we have measurable metrics within the board. I've got a rep scheme. I've got loading. I've got movement patterns that give me specific distance, all those things. But there is value in not emphasizing the load and emphasizing the stance. It's not to say that loads don't have value. They absolutely do have value. But emphasizing the stimulus over the load while still keeping the load relevant because it's absolutely relevant is a way to better communicate intensity for your athletes, right? So if we go back to that that episode, which is like, what's the anatomy of a, a good whiteboard brief, which is what's the workout followed immediately by what's the stimulus and then followed uh, after that by what are the scaling options that allow me to hit this for the given workout. So as you work your way down, they should connect right back up with each other. So I think that's one of the best ways to just kind of get people in there. And we'll do another episode revisiting RX, I think is valuable. You could overdo even that idea just like you can anything. But I think that's one of the best thing to do is really, really, is really, really emphasize like what the stimulus is like, what is to unfold here? Um, and you know, there, and I think it's worth talking about what the downs, there are absolutely pluses of doing a strength plus Metcon. So I want to this forever, but there are downsides to that. And if done repeatedly over time, the downsides become greater in my opinion. You know, and it's interesting to think back, you know, you mentioned a lot of the workouts that we do have weights, we do have loads. If you go to crossfit.com way back when there weren't weights, there were, you know, choose, choose a weight that allows you to go hard and fast, do this, do that. And that ultimately, I believe, was how HQ kind of found that 95-65 or that 135-95 or some of the different, or 225-155. And, and you're right, it's, we have to remember the weight that we often post on the board, be it you're following someone's programming or doing your own, should be the best of your box does this at the intended stimulus. Many others, probably 50% to 70% of your box needs to scale. So it's, it's important, like Fern said, that we are addressing this at the whiteboard brief. Now, I, I have found a few good ways to implement this. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with having a conversation like this with your members. Hey, guys, you know, just real brief, force distance time. You know, you think about, I want you to think about a weight that allows you to go unbroken. There's your force. You know, your distance is relative to your body. We're doing the thruster, so you're squatting, you're pressing overhead. You know, think about when you're standing there looking at a bar, not moving it, intensity is plummeting down. So finding that little chat. And then also, I, I think a lot of this happens. You can do it in the warm-up, but also a wide buildup where you get them to do one round or a portion of the workout at all out speed and then say, okay, now replicate that for the rest of the workout. Yeah. And there's, there's ways to do that. You can put those test rounds or the prove it or whatever you want to call it. But I think those are, have tremendous value. Um, and then depending on your skill level slash competency with the whiteboard brief, uh, paired with your understanding of the programming, you can get through a workout pretty quickly. 
right? So let's use Fran just because most people don't know what that is. 2159 thrusters pull up. So if I was to give that, it'd be like, all right, guys, we have Fran. 2159, that means I'm going to go to thrusters, 21 pull-ups, 15, 15, 9, 9. This workout, guys, intended to be eight minutes or less. Scaling options would be, you know, if we're still working on the pull-ups, we could do banded. If we need to, we can change the rep scheme uh, for the thruster, bring the weight down. If we have injuries, we can do front squat or push press. Cool. So we're under 60 seconds. Now, what I can do is I can circle back and really highlight the stimulus of this, which is, guys, if you want to take this workout and move it sub four, you need to do no less, excuse me, no more than two sets of anything in any given round, meaning you have to do 11 and 10 for the thrusters and the pull-ups. And then you needed to go eight, seven for round two, and then try to get, you know, something that looks like five, four in round three. And kind of explain to them, think of it kind of like from the standpoint of like, if you were going to recommend this to your, to your workout, bro, what the strategy would be in order to get there. Right. So think about giving people some of the, the little, the tidbits about like, if we're going to do this guys on this barbell, think of it as like a, another example would be, um, Elizabeth, right. 21, nine of clean and ring dips. If you're going to do that one pretty quickly, those cleans need to be quick singles. Like you can't do, you can't do that as, as Sarah Wilkinson would describe, like the old cha-cha with a barbell, like the barbell hits the floor. You kind of cha-cha away, you cha-cha towards it, look at it for a second. Nope, I'm not ready. And then I move away from it again. Like that's not going to lead to intensity. That's funny. She's, She's who I think of when I say that. Yeah, of course. So that's her, that's her thing. So she, so she does a good job of explaining that. And that's how I can straight, or I could illustrate what an intensity looks like visually. I can paint this picture of like, what should be happening or more importantly, what should not be happening. Right. So then that way, when we do get to the build up or the test round, they've already got this picture in their mind of what should unfold. And either that does happen or it doesn't happen. And now we can have a conversation about what changes potentially need to be made to put me on target. And, you know, everything you're saying is a reminder of why coaches need to hit their programming. I mean, yeah, I mean, the number of people I've seen to mess up a Wadri because they literally don't know what they're talking about or what they're looking at. And they just give really crazy Wadri. And I'm like, that's that is one thousand percent not that is not going to happen that way. Yeah. And I I had the, the class workouts consistently regardless, but definitely on the days that I need to coach or that I am coaching, I make sure I do it. I'm like, Hey, here's how I was feeling at this point. And the members know where they stack up against you. Like, you know, they, there's always a few members that are like, okay, if Jay did this, I can probably go faster. If Jay did this, this is what I should aim for. And it's important that you have that connection. It's also just from a leadership perspective, important that your members know you're doing the same thing. So we talk about it at the whiteboard. Now let's let's dig a little bit more into this. We 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 kind of said, do all members need it? Do all members want it? How do we address that? How do we navigate that? I think that's just asking questions and get and and designing your class in order to get either these visual 
or even kind of like verbal cues from your members about what what they got going on. And I think I've referenced this before, just kind of asking people like, how are you feeling? And if they're like, I feel like garbage. Well, that's an indicator that maybe we should dial this back a little bit. You know, I, so like typically I coach the morning classes on Thursday and or like mid morning. And all Thursday, we kind of all know it's like a universal rest day where people are feeling banged up. So that's one of the first questions I ask everybody is like, how is everybody feeling at the whiteboard? That is how I will lead and I'll kind of gauge what's going on by the responses that I get. And they're like, my legs are killing me. I haven't been able to get off the toilet without using my hands for three days, like whatever they say. And then I'm going to start kind of tailor like what I've dialed up for the warm up, and then potentially like talk to a couple of key people here that I might have concerns about whether they're pregnant or they're coming off an injury or whatever and make sure that they are cared for appropriately. So you have to ask questions. And if you're not going to ask those questions, then you need to have some things dialed in in the warm up. you know, both general, more, more specifically the specific warm up that are going to highlight some things that I need to be aware of with regard to what does their movement look like? How are they handling load? You know, I mean, we've all been there, right? Like, you base for me, it's like I base like how I'm feeling today for how 135 feels. If it feels like 225, well, then probably not going to be a great day. But if it's feeling like an empty barbell, well, then I'm like, okay, I can I can get after it a little bit today, and I need to plan accordingly. Back in the day, I was on my class this yesterday because we came off like a testing week. It was a lot of five RMs. We did fight on bad, and back in the day, we used to say, Hey, about once a quarter, you should take a half intensity week. We used to call it. I don't know if you remember that kind of theory. And, you know, I, I would, I would tell people yesterday, like I'm beat up. I did today's workout, but I purposely just moved through it. I didn't try to go crazy. And so you could really modulate one of a few things. Like you said, low distance and time. I'm not modulating the distance because I'm doing the workout movements. Right. Right. I'm not really modulating the load because I went on, it was mostly body weight with the exception of a kettlebell. And I did that prescribed. So, so the other thing I can adjust is my time. And I just went a little slower than I normally would. Was it exactly half? No, but the point is you just move there. there it's, it's tough. You know, you have to really put your ego aside on those days, especially if you're going into the box to do it and, and be willing to just say, Hey, I'm here. I know I'm going to feel better once I'm done, but I also don't want to go crazy. Well, I, so we call them moving days, and that was coined from one of our members who who that was just kind of a phrase that he was when he was kind of banged up, and he would just back up oh, just to move, or it's just like wrong. But like this is a moving, the intensity is not actually relatively that high because you just can't do it fast for whatever it is, like farmers carries and stuff like that moving day. But then we've taken that and we've carried it over to other things, which is creating a culture where not feeling peer pressured into dousing yourself with intensity every time you come into the gym is totally okay. So as you get later onto the week, letting people know that it's okay to use the moving day is totally fine. Like I've got another woman here who she's been kind of doing, uh, she's been doing, she's been acting as kind of a training partner for her friend who's going to do a triathlon. And she'll ask me before the workout, be like, Hey, I, I biked 40 miles yesterday, blah, 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 blah. And based on the workout, my advice to her will be just move. The workout is 12 minutes. I just want you to move for 12 minutes consistently. I have zero care for how many reps you get because you biked 40 miles yesterday. So I don't think it's inappropriate to leave a little bit of intensity on the table for today. We'll address it later because yes, intensity is what gets us results. However, 
too much of it could lead to like of results, right? If I'm dousing myself with it over and over and over, I, I will fail to see results because intensity can only be maintained for so long, right? Either in a single session or day over day over day. So if I'm training myself into oblivion to the point where I cannot hit these 90 events or, you know, a hundred percent intensity, well, then I'm not getting the value of the training session, you know, which is why coach Glassman found a long time ago that the three on one off worked well, because it allowed people to maintain high intensity over long durations, not just like a single session. Yeah. I think if you go back to the, what is fitness lecture and you look at the sickness, wellness, fitness continuum, the fourth model that we discuss, there's a point in time where you can drive those numbers so hard past fitness with training and training and training that you actually start to move yourself backwards. Yeah, it's like that's, a weird loop. You come around back to like where you're yeah. broken. You know, that's where typically people would refer to that as overtraining, but you could definitely overdo it to the point that you stop making progress. And we've both seen it, you know, people that get so addicted to CrossFit. It's like, and I've had that conversation. Are you addicted to working out or are you addicted to the results? Because if you're addicted to the results, you're actually not doing the right things. If you like right. being here every day and this is your stress, I'll let you come in. But keep in mind, you're not actually maximizing your results at this point. Yeah. And this is something Pat Sherwood kind of, you know, doing what he does best, which is just kind of uh, educate people <laughs> and me because I, I think everybody at some point in their CrossFit journey like overdoes it on intensity and then as a coach or a young coach or an experienced coach when you kind of realize that this, there are pitfalls with regard to intensity you, you, I, I, at least I've been there where you just kind of like this hard stop you're like you need to get out of the gym not understanding that I don't necessarily want to take that away from people like I, if I've you want gym rats in your gym you have a gym like you definitely want gym rats. You just want gym rats that are training intelligently when they come in so that they understand the value of training with intensity and then using moving days or just coming in and working on skill. But I want them in there all the time. Like I, I want them to continue to get better. I just want them to do it intelligently. And that just is an ongoing conversation where we're just continuing to give them these little pieces or these little nuggets letting them know that, Hey, this is good. This is bad. This is productive. This is unproductive. You know, like you're, you're moving in the right direction. You're moving in the wrong direction. So these are continual conversations until I've got this culture where everybody understands that yes, intensity is good, but I'm not coming in here every single day to destroy myself. So and, it's, and, it's, it's not easy. You know, I, I don't want people to think that this stuff is easy because it's definitely not like it's, 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 it's a lot. It's a long conversation. And I don't mean like long in one sitting. I mean like over months, years. Yeah. And again, it's important as the leader of your box, whether it's a coach or box owner, you're exemplifying that. I made it very clear to the members yesterday. Hey, I went easy today. Like if you PR'd your five rep max last week, three different times, you did fight gone bad. I recommend you do that. And the members know me. I'm, I'm probably the coach that pushes them the hardest. So I mean, I'm like, if I'm telling you this, it's for a reason. So let, let's, let's give tangible advice now. Do you have any workouts that you would recommend if you're like, hey, I want to teach someone what intensity is. This is my go-to. 
I mean, again, I will, I'll go to the master of intensity who I, who I have, who I believe is Pat Sherwood, who, I mean, he's like, he's got some of the most elegant sayings in CrossFit, which is, and one of his is like, there's tremendous value in a 75 pound barbell because there's a difference between somebody who puts a bar down because they want to versus somebody who puts a barbell down because they have to. And if you go 75, 55, you're quickly going to see the difference between somebody who puts a barbell down because they want to versus they have to. People got to, people have to put down heavy barbells because they have to. People put down light barbells because they want to. So uh, a quick hitter, Jackie. Yeah, you know, the 1,000 only- meter row, 50 thrusters, empty barbell, and 30 pull ups. And then for some to really get people to understand intensity, like you challenge everybody to try to get as far through the 50 thrusters, if not unbroken, as possible. Yeah, I was going to say the only challenge is anytime you include pull ups, you're obviously going to lose the people that I wouldn't even say can't do pull ups, like don't have a big set. If you can't do 20 unbroken pull ups, you don't really get the intensity of a Fran or a Jackie, but I understand what you're saying. You certainly that well, lighter th- load. And, and I think if you dial up good scaling for pull-ups, it's just as awful. It, Whether it could like, be if you get somebody in, in a g- jumpers or or I'm, I don't love banded pull-ups as much as I used to, but they still have value. Uh, but ring rows is another great substitute there as well because that is just as bad as you know and then you have to make sure that the volume is appropriate so it's that 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 gets the same stimulus as somebody who's like pretty pretty solid with pull-ups right now somebody's pretty good at pull-ups is probably one set so giving them something that they're going to get in and they're going to hit that scaling option with the same intensity that somebody who's going to hit the pull-ups with that's that's kind of like the key to all of that is like dialing up on a scale that allows them to execute with intensity and that's why bands can be a bit of a double-edged sword because they can be kind of a nightmare to get in and out and because of that the intensity just drops off so i think you have to be careful with stuff like that and if you are going to do it it needs to be like hey you're going to get in there and the rubber bands and it's going to be one max set and then you're out but like the second you get off the thrusters you get in the rubber band you're doing the pull-ups yeah and you know that's why back in the day there used to be people that would come to the box and want to go rx plus and i'm like you're doing that because it's easier. Like your 135 Fran is way easier. Cause I know you're going to do three sets of seven and rest. And then you're going to break up the pull-ups because you know, you've got more thrusters coming. I would much rather see you go 75 than 95. And especially those that struggle with pull-ups, like keep the weight light and challenge yourself on the pull-ups. Um, I like, and, the- and there's value in both. Like I, there is value in both, but understanding that they're not the same workout. Yeah, I don't remember the term we used. It was I was talking to Connor Murphy, and we did this a couple times. One of maybe like shotgun. I forget what we called it, but basically, you kick off a workout and call it thirty calories on the assault bike. You have to hit thirty calories on the assault bike in under two minutes, or at the end of the workout, you have to hit thirty calories again. So if you get cool. it done, you you don't have, you you're doing less work, but that makes people. I think point is like get people to rev that engine like get it to redline and then hold on and you can only do that really i I think workouts that really help people understand intensity are are low skill workouts so jackie's a great example right because it's rowing it's an empty bar thrust like you can squat like dog poop and thrust her over your head and be fine with a 
45 pound bar, but assault bike or row or burpees or even box jumps, like those types of things that you don't need proper technique. Everyone can go ham on is how you can also teach intensity. The other, the other ones, some really nice. And, and it's funny because the, the newer folks who are not a seasoned don't pick up on it, but the other way to really, which scares the crap out of me these days is any workout. I mean, any workout that has rest involved. Oh, intervals. <laughs> The worst. That's <laughs> just like it's disgusting. It's just like do, as soon as I see it, as soon as I see it, I'm like, this is absolutely atrocious and I don't want anything to do with this. Well, it's it's basically like finishing a workout five times. You know, or however many intervals there are. So today I'm I'm actually doing an interval workout today. It's ten rounds of eight push press twenty-four double unders, which isn't that crazy but you're sprinting each round. So instead of doing 10 rounds for time, which will hurt at the very end, you're going to hurt on 10 separate occasions. <laughs> right? right? That's, that's what intervals well, do. And it, it allows people, people to peg and really get to understand it. So I think if you have people that really struggle with it, it's like 400 meter repeats. I could run a mile for time or I could run four quarter miles as fast as I can, which is going to be entirely different. Well, and that's, that's the ultimate example. Like, let's wrap it up there. If someone wants to understand intensity, let, let's see, that's the perfect example. Fern, let, let, I'm going to throw some numbers out there. You know, you call him, call him six foot 180. I don't think that's true. I think I'm, I'm uh, 5'11", yeah, close, 5'11", right. 180, so, 180, call it, 185. You know, six, yeah. Point is, whether six foot. Hey, six foot. I'm going to bring it up six foot in the program. I'm just saying for the, for, and in, in the Navy roster. Oh, D1. D1. You want to listen to six foot. So, <laughs> so it's, like, it's like my driver's license. Mine says five, four. <laughs> um, so, but you know, his, his height and weight isn't changing. The distance isn't changing. Let's say Fern, we asked him to run a mile. And again, I'm just using even numbers. You can run much faster than this. But he runs an eight-minute mile. Force distance time, right? The force is 180. The distance is, you know, 5,280 feet. The time is eight minutes. Now, we say, okay, Fern, instead of running one mile, you're going to run four 400-meter repeats, and you're going to rest as needed between those. Now, all of a sudden, force stays the same. It's 180. The distance you know, ultimately it's still going to be 5,280, but we'll divide it. It was 80, you know, it's 400 meters. So about 1200 feet, his time goes from an average of eight minutes per mile, which is two minute quarters to 90 seconds. There's where you see that intensity ratchet up. That's exactly right. how we maximize intensity, you know? So for most workouts, obviously with a barbell, the force is being adjusted by the weight on the bar, body weight movement, you know, and that's where we talk about kipping versus strict. Mm -hmm. Fern's doing a pull-up with 180 pounds, whether he's doing strict kipping or butterfly. Well, I know with butterfly, he's getting them done faster, and he can actually get more done because he can hang on the bar. Therefore, he's generating more intensity. Yeah. So, you know, we're, we're going to continue with this theme over the next couple episodes. Future episodes, we're talking about how we actually get those members to hit the stimulus we're talking about scaling factors to consider. And then something that we talked about in the past, but we're going to bring up again is Fern does something called RX week over at CrossFit, right? For actually RX month, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we just had it last month. 
So we're going to talk all about it in good time. We need to talk about those results. So as always, we appreciate you listening. If you enjoyed the episode, feel free to follow us best hour of their day. And uh, if you have any questions, you want to learn more about affiliate university, or you want to address the topic on the show, best hour of their day at gmail.com. Thanks again. So you never miss an episode of the podcast. Subscribe to our YouTube channel and on all major podcasting platforms at best hour of their day. Thank you so much for tuning in and for being a part of the best hour of our day. See you next time.